Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 69 of Dead Man's Chest. You pretty much almost ran over my intro there. I did? Yeah. I'm just hurrying along. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that... <laughs> Thing I call a bed, it's calling me. It's like, <laughs> come to me. And I'm saying, why, yes, dear, I am looking to come and sleep on you. We're also chancing the puppy in the studio today. That is true. She's so it's a like, tired, hurry, but... hurry, 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 hurry. <laughs> so yeah, I ran you over, there but you with did. good intentions. It's uh, the puppy distraction potential. And yeah, looking for a little rest and relaxation. It's a brand new week, too. It's true. I mean, things are happening at work for everyone. Dealing with the man or the woe man. It's the 21st century, folks, right? Yes. The woman can levy beatdowns just as much as a man. You got that right. So we need a little work inspiration. Tell them how to, well, tell them how we feel. Which means, Pirate Word of the Week! Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in 5, 4, 3, 2, <laughs> what are you I don't know for? how you're going to use this to tell people how you feel, but okay. You know what? I'm already disappointed now. <laughs> it's Monday. People want something to go run a to rig? work with. Yeah. Run a rig this week. Run a rig? Run a rig. Well, that doesn't sound what I was expecting. It's a little of what Jack and um, Gibbs are doing here with the soon-to-be pirates. Selling their souls to a supernatural octopus man? They're playing a joke or trick on him. <laughs> oh, running a rig. Okay, that makes sense. But it's not the 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 like the retribution I wanted to have for the man or the woe man. You know, she was a thief. You got a belief kind of thing. I don't know how to tell you. If that's the kind of word you want, you have to tell me prior to. That's true, but I, I think you should know by now what I was looking for. But then again, Monday is always Pirate Word of the Week. So if it was always that, then there'd be no changing it up. Exactly. All right. Okay. I'll just wipe that small tear from my eye and we'll just move along. Okay. In the previous minute, Sailor tries to steal Bill Ingvall's material, taking us all the way back to those dusty times before paved roads, the 1990s, and proceeds to present Quartermaster with his sign. Look, there's the sign. It's entrails. Really? Entrails? That's seaweed. Come on. Here's your sign. Speaking of signs, Elizabeth winks at the cameraman. Captain Jack Sparrow shakes his compass and gives it some words of encouragement to point it in the right direction. And politically incorrupt, Gibbs sends a cripple to the crow's nest. 
Minute 69 begins with Gibbs continuing his recruiting conversation with the crippled man. Est for you. Next. <laughs> the <laughs> nah. <laughs> the nah was in the previous minute, and the est oh. comes out here. That's why. So the est for you. Next. Jack continues to slap his compass and tell it, I know what you want. Gibbs continues recruiting souls in Tortuga with the Irishman. Ever since I was a little lad, I've always wanted to sail the seas forever. The minute ends with Norrington talking to Gibbs. No, not anymore. Weren't you listening? I nearly had you all off Tripoli. Jack reaches for a nearby plant. Jack knows what the compass wants or Jack knows what he wants? It's a good question. You said, I know what you want. That's what, that was his line. That's actually verbatim what he says. That wasn't me. That's the breakdown of actually what's happening. I mean, we're damn near like complete with returning cast now. Thank the voodoo gods that I can see women in danger. James Norrington is back. (laughs) I've missed him a bit. I did like the character, his drive. It's good to have goals. It's good not to maybe see women in distress like he did or couldn't. Because he was blind to that. He was blind to that. That's why it's good to have him back. It's kind of fitting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there's other stuff happening before the Norrington appearance here. But I'm not going to be party to burying the lead like Heather would normally do. So Norrington it is. That's why we have to start with Norrington. That's the big bomb that happens here. Because I like the disheveled look. And I even stuttered that a little. The disheveled look. (laughs) You mean the Commodore that doesn't look very jolly? Jolly old Norrington. (laughs) Of course, this entire montage of men be, being like recruited for souls of Davy Jones is entirely done to establish the history of Norrington here, right? It's all a setup. That's what I came to. After I enjoyed it, I sat back and I looked at it. It's like I sat back in my chair, rubbed my invisible beard, <laughs> like, hmm. And I go, wait a second. This whole thing was just a setup so Norrington could, yeah, tell his story. But if anyone is going to take the exposition lead... I'm glad it's Gibbs. That's his job. He's exposition Gibbs. But Norrington steps in and gives us quite the story. And I thought that was okay. Good. I liked it. Involves sailing the globe and losing out in Tripoli, which is pretty interesting. The capital of Libya, by the way. Edge of the desert. On a point of rocky land projecting into the Mediterranean. Forming a bay. You know, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. You know that place. Yeah, I do. It's interesting, though, that they're... Out sea in the world and not confined to the Caribbean. That is, because he said he sailed the whole, all, or he chased him across all seven seas. There he goes. Yeah, see? Yeah. He kind of interesting. really wanted to get this guy. You got that right. I think it was like latent. Okay, I'm okay with it for now. Yeah. Will won. You got freed. Okay, we're going to go. It's going to be for another day that we'll just give him a head start. He thought it'd be a piece of cake. Yeah. Then all well, of a sudden, now we're in Dead Man's Chest, and he's disheveled, and he never caught him, and now he looks the worst for it. It's like, damn it, Norrington. What the hell happened? Up and coming, then this? It's like a complete 180. He was the confident military man we had. Now he's a uh, drunk. He underestimated Jack. Exactly. He should have estimated you him. Got him. You got that right. Especially since he's really the only main cast returning that isn't the same. Right? Think about that. Oh, He's yeah. the changed one. Yeah. Completely changed. Yeah, 180. Probably, I just said that. Because <laughs> he's the last one on anyone's list that I think would be expecting a kind of change like this. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a great character arc to see him go from this antagonist in the first film to maybe something a bit different, a hybrid, perhaps. I guess we'll have to wait and see what really happens. But does Norrington play the same role again? That's going to be our question. Out for himself kind of guy? Time will tell, maybe. But for now, though, I think it's just out for revenge. Well, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Out for himself. Isn't revenge about yourself? Uh, Isn't it about yourself? Yeah. Okay, then. Case? Yeah. Closed. Because he says it cost me my crew, my commission, and my life. There you go. That's so a lot of minds in there. Th- yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's and all when you're about, right, you're right. It's all about... Himself, I think I said. <laughs> it's all about the Commodore, who's no longer yeah, Commodore. Yeah, he's the disgraced Commodore. It's kind of an interesting twist, and I don't think people were prepared for it. I don't think you were... Or me, or probably anybody out there, was expecting Norrington to roll up in this line of crazy folk here. Well, my question is, he's still got his wig on, right? Now, we know from... Are you sure he had his wig on? Oh, yeah, it was white. It was white, like, frizzle yeah, hair. Yeah, But come on, really? Okay, but... that, Is that what happens to the wig? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no. That had to be his real hair, right? No, it was white. Maybe he's gone scared white. <laughs> no, it was a wig. He, but he's got to take better care of his wig so, then. Are so you sure? So he's still wearing this wig, even though he's no longer a Commodore. He's still wearing this wig, which Governor Swan told us is not comfortable. That's right. Right? Maybe it's so like a why? self-flagellation kind of punishment yeah, here. Yeah, but the thing is all frazzled. It doesn't even look God, good anymore. are we anymore. sure that that's his wig? I got to look at white. that again. Yes, it's his wig. I gotta look at that. I'm not under his hey, hat. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not gonna call it a fact until I've actually examined this myself. Okay. But it would be interesting that he's still holding on to that. Yeah. Maybe he figures if once he catches Jack and his crew that he can go back to being Commodore. But you gotta get a new wig though. Yeah, but he's he's holding on. That's crazy. If that's his and so wig, he's still wearing that, that's that wig. And he's know. a mess. Of course he's a mess. Look at his hair wig or whatever that is. <laughs> I thought it was his hair. No, it's a wig. So you can your see wigs his hair. Will, your, your wigs will just wig out for lack of another word? I would imagine, especially if they're human hair, you know? That's true. I would well, imagine I don't know. That's don't, the problem. I don't know. If you're not caring for them the way you're supposed to care for them, and you're sleeping on them and doing whatever in them, I'm sure that... What kind of comment is that? What? Doing whatever. Sleep in a wig? And doing whatever in it? Yeah. So you're saying that he doesn't take this wig off? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can see him putting it on the mannequin head at the end of the night, and it's just like this witch hazel look. The way that thing looks, it's not going on a mannequin night. Didn't I just say it's a witch hazel look? He is sleeping in it and probably swimming in it. The next minute we get an idea of what actually happened to him, but maybe that'll shed some light on the disheveled wig look. It would be hard to integrate his character into the plot if he, like, wasn't something changed about him. Because then he would have been in service of the crown and thus kind of on Beckett's side. Would he be on Beckett's side? Yes, because he would be be in service of the crown. And you know that he was a crown man. Yeah. This brings back kind of a great character and maybe gives him a different, like, piece of the action. Yeah. In this particular movie. Because he'd be in service of the crown. Then he'd have to commit mutiny himself. Or be a traitor or whatever they, they would call that. Sedition. Whatever. Then that's what would have happened. Otherwise. Otherwise. Otherwise it wouldn't have been the same Norrington. 
I mean, he could have changed if he was under Beckett's kind of thumb and the Crown's orders to follow Beckett. I don't know. I just don't think it would have worked as well. I'm not sure he would want to follow Beckett. Like I said, he was a loyal servant of the Crown. Yeah, but Beckett's such a dirty man. Not dirty. Yeah, as I don't know his bathing dirty. habits. Dirty as in sneaky dirty. Yeah, but I don't know if he would have known that. He would have just seen him roll in and kind of... Okay, he probably wouldn't have liked the whole Elizabeth in jail, break up the wedding thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe the Elizabeth in jail, break up the wedding thing, maybe he would have liked that. Put a little smirk on his face. That would have enlivened his uh, frazzled wig. Well, he probably would have taken over the wedding at that point in time and forced Elizabeth to marry him. That's possible. Hey, don't go to jail. You can marry me instead. Yep. Possible. I didn't really want to tackle this part now, but it's in this minute, and it's kind of a the law But Norrington has perhaps the best set of lines here. It's like so many great memorable ones in this franchise, but we get one here. He tells Gibbs that it's the exact same story, but just a chapter behind or one chapter behind. I thought that was really cool. It sounds like the potential to be so interpretive. It's pretty crazy for me anyways. That it is. But the one idea that really has me intrigued is that it's not just about being kind of on the late show and finally catching up to Jack and the Black Pearl or Gibbs. But it has something to maybe deal more with Gibbs himself. Remember we talked about Gibbs being in the Navy at one point? Oh, yeah. We speculated the cause. He got, like, sidled with rum, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, Norrington could possibly be referencing Gibbs' own life here. His story. Gibbs in the Navy. In the Navy. (laughs) You can sail the seven seas. (laughs) Norrington's new theme song. He has a bunch of village people on deck of the ship. (laughs) A bunch. They're as, as they're almost catching up them, the right? Black Pearl. They're almost catching up and those guys are just in the background in the Navy and they're just, <laughs> he's just all charged up. Okay. Anyways, Gibbs then gets involved with pirates and gets expelled from the Royal Navy. And then after which he chose to be with pirates full time or something similar to that. Or he couldn't go back to the Navy. There's something like that. And all of this involved like heavy amounts of rum during this point for right. Gibbs. Whereas Norrington, yeah, he's beaten down. See, he's got a wig issue. A little drunk. But he's still sober enough to make a calculated decision. Yeah, a little dirty too. He's not just simply fallen in with the pirates. So he's like one chapter behind Gibbs. Because Gibbs was like really drunk. Where he maybe wasn't making some of those decisions. Okay, okay. Yeah, Norrington's about to sign on and with the Black Pearl crew and maybe catch up on that chapter. That could also be that he has given up either or something, maybe, I guess. But again, referencing Gibbs becoming a pirate, giving up on his previous life. Norrington is someone we need to keep an eye on. Is he really one chapter behind? Or now is he on the same chapter? Or has he even, like, skipped ahead in a choose-your-own-adventure kind of route here? Choose-your-own-adventure. Exactly. And that's what we're going to have to keep an eye on. Because what does Norrington have up his dirty sleeve? (laughs) Does he still have sleeves or did he rip them off? That's a good question. To become more manly. Poor Norrington. Now you're browbeating and demeaning his manhood. This guy is already in the dirt. Yeah, literally. In the squalor and you're beating him down (laughs) even more. Meanwhile, Jack is getting a bit nervous and then he reaches for a plant, which I actually need to discuss a little bit later. The plant issue. Today? Yeah. But first, I don't know if I mentioned this quote before, but if so, it's kind of worth repeating. And this is about Jack and the compass. His confusion, the compass not working. Now, I don't want to get into too many spoilers now, so I'm just going to drop this and then maybe... It's kind of like food for thought thing here. 
And then as we wind our way through the movie and continue seeing Jack struggling with his pointing device, we can talk about it later. Because really? nothing will help your pointing device than talking it? about it with friends. <laughs> or shaking it. Shaking it. Well, that can help. I'm talking, if we're going to actually discuss it in a committee. <laughs> Ted Elliott and Box Office Mojo. And I don't remember if I mentioned this. I may have like read it, and I don't know if I've actually mentioned it on the show. So if I had, yikes. Why haven't I paid attention to our own show? And then if I haven't... You pulled a Heather. Yeah, I did. It's a, Here's what Ted said anyways. It's a study of what a pirate is. How free can you really be? What are those trade-offs? Jack kind of represents the ultimate free man. He has really no obligations to anybody. And obviously, if you make an obligation to somebody, you're limiting your own freedom. But if you're not willing to limit your own freedom, you can't have those relationships. If you look at Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest from that point of view, you kind of see what really leads to Jack's ultimate fate and why Elizabeth does what she does. And that can be a great discussion, like I said, later on in the movie. Yes. So I think that's kind of what we want to be talking about. What are those trade-offs? What does it really mean to be free, the ultimate free man? And that plays into the whole confusion with the compass thing. What he really wants. We also get a, since we're kind of on the recruit thing and the whole, it's like we're talking about a single minute in the movie. We get another recruit here. Oh, you have information on the yeah. little guy who always wanted to go into the. Yeah, I do. Before the big headline Norrington happened. Yeah. Because he actually came first. It's like what came first, the Norrington or the Irishman? The Irishman. The Irishman came first. So what's funny the is. The Irishman that- walks in the door. The Irishman walks into a bar, first of all. He walks into, <laughs> into a door. He just heard his face. Get on board with the concept of the joke here. (laughs) What's funny is that the wikia says his birthplace is unknown, but possibly Ireland. Who are the ad wizards that came up with that one? Yeah. What genius did that? Of course it's Ireland. He's the Irish man. We're not talking about some kind of immigration thing with this accented dude here. Let's just call it as we see it. He's born in Ireland. He was portrayed by Jerry O'Brien, which is... Quite refreshing that his real name is even on board with his character. That it is. He's actually rather recognizable. I've seen him some places before. Almost 70 acting credits under his belt for TV and film. Wow. Game of Thrones popped up. Jonas Brecken. I don't know what that is. I know you don't. He was in a short, too, in 2002 called Maelstrom, which is perhaps a bit weird foreshadowing thing going on for his eventual stint in Pirates of the Caribbean. Now that's possibly a spoiler to come down the road. Down the next season. I guess we'll have to find out. Okay. But now that I got the Irishman out of the way, not that I'm just displacing Irishman here, because I didn't really have anything that was really of other points for him besides, like I said, the foreshadowing of Maelstrom. But I do have a potential issue here that I mentioned. That the they, potted plant. What? That, that they only have four people that to serve on Davy Jones' ship? Well, that's their problem. It's not my problem. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't care how many they have. They're in deep... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's what they're in. Only 95 more souls to go. I got an idea. He need, They need to go and break all the people out of the prison that Jack was in. That's not a bad idea. You got that right. They're Recruit dying them all anyway. On there. That'd be a heck of a lot better. Yep. Hey, you might even say like free winches on board the Pearl for anybody who shows up. I bet you they get 100 right there. There you go. He may even get 200. Then... Davy Jones gives him something else. He could probably get that in Tortuga by advertising free winches. That's where they are in Tortuga. I'm glad you uh, caught up. We were up. talking about the jail. We're just talking about in general. In general, anywhere. 
Okay. Like I said, I'm talking about the, the potted plant. Jack is sitting next to a potted plant. Yeah? What the hell kind of crazy pirate tavern is this? Potted plant? This is a freaking pirate city. Outside, wenches running all over. Gunshots, ladies for hire. You know, for baking pies. Chasing men around for stealing their food. Instead of being chased by randy pirates. Thanks, Disney. Thanks for changing that up. Anyways, the mayor being dunked in a well. Did I mention the winches everywhere? All that is happening. Yet you want me to believe that the cantina owner has time to put a little green decor in the joint? Yeah. Who's watering that thing? It's probably been there since they opened. Do you really think a plant would be in there? Yeah. Really? Hey, we're an upstanding pirate joint. We have a plant. That's their advertisement. That's pirate blasphemy, by the way. Who's that supposed to cater to? The winches? Thank you, I guess. You gotta keep your winches happy. You got that right. Otherwise, they'll go to well, a Well, actually, nobody cantina. owns cantina. the winches. They're their own free people. Right. But would the winches rather be in a dirty, yucky bar or one that has plants to keep the air fresh? Come on. They're on Tortuga. And? There's already something wrong with the situation if that's where you're at. No. Really? Yeah. Come on. You might that's as well my make problem. it... A happy, fresh air place. That's my problem with the potted maybe, plant. Maybe they put, a pot, put potted plants in there to help with the stench of the pirates. That's possible, but I don't know how a plant would help with that. Some plant smell. That's got to be a whole smelly plant right there. That thing's <laughs> got to be potent. I mean, potent. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if a plant would actually be in a joint like that. I didn't see any plants in the cantina on Mo Isley. Yeah, there you go. We have a catchy little bit. Thank you for mentioning that. The bit of cantina music that's underlaying our minute here. Yeah. Caught, well, I kind of got lost in it. I did too. It's one of those pieces that would be like perfect on a loop. Yeah, I did too. That's funny you say that. I was really getting into the cantina music. You're not alone. A lot of people out there in internet land were talking about oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. There's just a catchy tune. Yeah, because I just was peeking around attention. what people were thinking about it. And yeah, people were like, I could just listen to this on a loop all day. Huh. Or I'm listening. Yeah, so that was kind of the running theme. It's a traditional sailor's jig played on the hornpipe. Hornpipe, huh? Yeah, is used as what industry people call diegetic music. It's being played by the Tortuga Pirate Band we talked about last week. So there's non-diegetic sounds in films, which is the background music that's not heard by the characters in a movie. Okay. If the characters in the film can hear the music the audience hears, then that music is called diegetic. Oh, okay. It's also called source music by professionals and is said to be within the narrative sphere of the film because it's actually taking place in the film, the right. timeline. Back to the song, it's called uh, Two Hornpipes. Okay. Or on the expanded soundtrack, Tortuga Bar Fight. Oh, really? Not that that is there's a no spoiler to there's, come. There's no fight going on. They're all just dancing in the background. Exactly. Maybe they uh, just thought it would be fun to call it that. Did you see them with their bonnets and stuff no, dancing see, in the background? I didn't really pay attention to that. Oh, there were ladies in bonnets, which I found kind of interesting. Okay. Tell me about the They bonnets. had like little prairie bonnets on. I don't think that's what they were really. I, well, they're just bonnets. Little prairie-like. Okay. okay. There you go. They had bonnets on and they're dancing in the background in their big old long dresses. thought I saw Michael Landon hovering back there. It's possible. It's possible. It's plausible. <laughs> I wasn't really caught up in the, the bonnet action. Found it interesting. Okay, I believe Because you. Jack's women didn't wear bonnets. It's setting the mood. Yeah, but these are proper winches because they inhabit a cantina with plants. Uh, they have to dress Elizabeth's up Elizabeth's not wearing a bonnet. They have to dress up. Uh, 
for one thing, Elizabeth's not in there yet. So how dare you spoil things? No, I'm B, saying she's also dressed as a boy. In the movie, she you haven't seen her wear a bonnet. She's worn plenty of hats. Not bonnets. Oh, come on. It's different. The hat is high society, aristocracy. I don't think that the aristocracy were wearing bonnets, but did, I don't know. I'm not did an expert her, on bonnets. Did her maiden lady wear a bonnet? I don't remember. Uh, Estrella? Yeah. Not that I remember her. Let me think about her voluptuousness. Did she have a bonnet? Actually, I wasn't really paying attention to her head. Let me try and think back. There were two women in that there room. There were two coconuts in that room with Elizabeth named Estrella. Okay, I don't know. She may have. I'm telling you, I can try to picture her with a bonnet. I'm having a little issue here. There is some flaunting going on. I'm just going to say it. Do we really? Why would you have to bring up Estrella again? Now we're going to have to play elevator music while I go check out Estrella. Twist my arm. <laughs> but we're talking about the music. Why are you hornswoggling everything when I'm trying to do music? Because I was talking music? about the ladies dancing with the bonnets. Twelve ladies dancing, yeah. The ladies dancing, not twelve. Anyways, I'm trying to get us back on track here. It is interesting, though. The bonnets. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know see winches wearing bonnets. Okay, I don't know what's going on there. But I don't know. Okay. Now I'm trying to even think where I was with the music. Oh, it's composed by Skip Henderson, who does receive a credit at the end of the film. Oh, okay. Disney bought the license from him so it could be used in the movie. Which also appears in Tales from the Code Wedlocked. Oh. The music there. His band is Skip Henderson and the Starboard Watch. Little pirate action Mm. sailing thing going on. Well, he's basically a pirate band with albums like Billy Bones and other ditties. So, what's that tell you? You probably don't remember, but he was at the NorCal Pirate Festival last year. And yes, the band will be there again this year. Not that we want to date things. Because the show will live forever, of course. But June 16th through 17th, 2018, the NorCal Pirate Festival. And this guy will be here? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, maybe we'll try and see if we can chat him up about it. That's a good idea. I mean, of course, we're going to be there sporting our Black Pearl show t-shirts. And perhaps I'll even bring my recorder this year. Completely dropped the ball last time. Yeah. Maybe I won't do that this time. Maybe I'll not drop the ball. Do you know what a hornpipe is? No. Were you curious what a hornpipe is? Yeah. It's not I was going to ask you, but normally when I ask you things, you say, why'd you ask me that? I don't know. To... Oh, and hey, then you start making things up. Boo, on the... For one thing, that's never happened. <laughs> a, I know everything. Yeah. And so you just got caught in a lie. How dare you try to throw me under the bus? Uh-huh. Like I said, it's not what you think. Most likely, because I'm trying to read your mind. It's any of several dance forms played and danced in Britain and Ireland and elsewhere from the 16th century until the present day. Oh, really? It's not a musical instrument. I thought it would be a musical instrument. Boom, I shoot and score right there. The earliest reference to hornpipes are from England in 1522. It's funny they call them hornpipes when they're not even musical instruments. Yeah, I should have looked that part up. That's weird. Because it just wasn't in my general knowledge base already. But I was like, you know why uh, consult the internet for something like that? But yeah, I thought so too. They had like movements that were familiar to sailors at the time. So the dance included these movements that were reminiscent of sailors. Even though it never like really was. Like the drunken boogie? I don't know what that is. Oh. That's like the one thing I don't know. Is right there. But it's, it's, it's almost like, well, okay, for one thing, it didn't originate with sailors. But it kind of became part of the sailor thing. So anyways, they had like these movements that were familiar to sailors. It's like looking out to sea was part of the dance move. You know, you got your oh, hand seriously? over your brow with the right hand, you know, to the forehead kind of thing. 
Then the left lurching as a heavy weather and giving the occasional rhythmic tug to their breeches and fore aft and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's almost like some of those dance moves that, you know, populated the uh, 70s and 80s yeah. or whatever it was. Kind of doing the... Seen that on a video. What video is that on? Video A, you're not doing it right. B, that's... Uh, <laughs> how dare you? I wish people could see you messing this up right now because that's Pulp Fiction and it's like this anyways because I'm going to put my oh, fingers like in her th- across. How dare you? Get the hell out of here. You've complete... Now, you're lucky that this is radio and not actual video because people go, what the hell is she doing? What does she see back there? Turn the camera so we can see what she's seeing. No. Yeah. It's with the, the two fingers and it goes across. Get the hell out of here. Seriously. If only this was a video podcast people would have just been busting up like god almighty what luckily is she it's not captain heather there she is captain there she blows that's what heather's doing but yeah you know the rope thing and the, yeah that kind of stuff like the cowboy thing whatever that's called i don't know the rope and cowboy okay rope and cowboys or whatever sounds like some kind of village people number though you know in the navy that kind of thing <laughs> we talked about it earlier makes me want to get the disco music rolling do you have anything else, or is it time to revive the late 70s, <laughs> seaman style, village people style? Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure where you are going with that. Exactly. We were talking about compasses earlier, and it's understandable you got lost in that <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for today. Whew. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thank God we're done. And it's hotter than hell in the studio. <laughs> it's so freaking hot in here. <laughs> it's like, give me some freaking ice water. <laughs> I'm slurping ice water and here, but man, it's hot. It didn't even hit 80 today, so I don't know why it's so hot in here. People are all 80 somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. We'll be back on Wednesday with Minute 70, the 1970s of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling and disco dancing to a minimum. Yes, you can sail the seven seas. Yes, you can put your mind You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shout Reach Media Production. 
Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout-out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.